The baby led weaning your baby can eat safe, modified versions of the same foods the rest of the family already eats, so you don't have to waste your time or money buying things like puffs or pouches or, my personal pet peeve, those mesh feeder bags. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. And welcome back to the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. This is your host, Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian and mom of seven, specializing in baby led weaning. My goal here is to make it easy for you to figure out how to raise a self-feeding baby using baby led weaning, but doing so safely. Now, if you are gearing up to start solid foods with your baby, this episode is for you. I am breaking down the five things that parents and caregivers should do before starting solid foods. Now, in episode number two, I did the same thing for your baby. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, episode number two is called five things your baby should be able to do before starting solid foods. But this one, this is about you guys, the parents or the caregivers. If you're trying to learn about baby led weaning, I've got five basic things you should do before starting solid foods. Now, before we dive in, I always like to start each episode with a tip of the day. So here's today's baby led weaning tip. Do not get sucked into buying unnecessary feeding gear. I know you want to. Your baby is entering a new phase of life, right? Which also companies know that when they sell baby stuff, they kind of specialize in making you think that any new phase of baby life requires you to buy a bunch of stuff, but you don't need to. The beauty of baby led weaning is that it allows your baby to eat safe, modified versions of many of the same foods that the rest of your family is already eating. So you don't have to waste money buying things like puffs and pouches and my personal pet peeve, mesh feeders. I loathe mesh feeders. Hang tight. Because in this episode, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the limited amount of gear that I do recommend you get for a safe start to solid foods. But I'm also going to talk more about why mesh feeders are not only ridiculously unnecessary, but how they also can be dangerous as well. So let's dive in. Here are five things that parents and caregivers should do before starting solid food. The first thing I recommend all parents do before your baby starts eating solid foods when they're six months of age plus exhibiting the other signs of readiness to feed is to take a refresher infant CPR course. Now, I know some of you are like tuning out when I say CPR, but I don't want you to. I know you did this at your hospital before your baby was born, but that was six months ago. I don't know about you. I can't remember like what I had for breakfast this morning, let alone something I learned six months ago. So while choking is a very rare but real risk, it's important that we know what to do in the event that our baby does choke. So and a refresher infant CPR course will give you the skill set that you will need to intervene in the event that your baby does have a choke. Now, I know not everyone is able to travel to go to a place where they offer CPR. So I do have an online CPR course that I recommend. I myself 
take this course every couple of months as a refresher. Of course, an online course does not replace the in-person experience. But again, if you're not able to do that, this course is going to help you get up to speed with the basic skill set that you need for online CPR. Plus, they also offer certification if that's something that you need as well. So my encouragement to you is to educate yourself about what you need to do in the event that your baby does choke. CPR saves lives. Knowing what to do when your baby chokes will give you this overwhelming sense of confidence as you go to start solid foods in the event that your baby actually does choke. I always encourage parents to educate themselves. And so I have a blog post that I actually wrote called Real Life Stories of Babies Choking on Food. Sounds a little morbid, but there are seven different moms in this blog post who shared their real life stories graciously with me of their baby choking. And so I think reading about other people's experiences and seeing the things that the babies choked on and what they what happened and what they might have done different, all of this just contributes to your body of knowledge. So again, my first tip for the things that parents and caregivers should do before starting solid foods is to take a refresher infant CPR course. The next thing, number two, is to get a safe high chair. Having a safe seat for your baby to eat is of paramount importance. I know there are many high chairs out there. And so in a podcast of this nature, we're not going to go through all of them. Some are certainly better than others. I'm going to share the two high chairs that I currently use with my own seven children and have since they started Solid Foods, but also the two that I use in my baby-led weaning practice. So again, this is not an exhaustive list. I'll talk to you about the important features of the high chair in a second, but the two high chairs that I myself have for my kids and use in practice, they're actually designed by the same person. The first is the Trip Trap Chair by Stoka. So Stoka is a Scandinavian company. This is a very iconic chair. If you look it up again, it's the Trip Trap, two P's, two P's, developed in 1972. I love this chair because, well, for one, since it's been around since 1972, although it's pricey new, you generally can find this on Craigslist or used from another family. And even if they've used it really hard, which we use the heck out of ours, seven kids, three times a day, they still maintain their really beautiful aesthetic. And to be honest, I spend a lot of time in my kitchen, so I kind of care what my kids' high chairs look like, but also they don't take up a lot of room. So some of the high chairs have these huge footprints and they're kind of these ridiculous, cumbersome contraptions, many of which aren't even safe. I really like the Trip Trap because it has a small footprint. It has a baby set that it comes standard with if you buy it now, new. If you're buying a used one, you may have to buy the baby set separately, but it's basically like this plastic guardrail that kind of keeps your baby enclosed. And a tip for you guys, when you're starting solid foods, you actually, at the very beginning, do not want to strap your babies in. You're inclined to strap babies in like in the high, obviously like the car seat, right? You know, you get so hung up on how to strap them in properly. But in a high chair, we don't do that because we want you to be able to remove your baby very quickly in the event that there were a choking incident and you don't want to be fumbling with the straps. So again, the Trip Trap Chair by Stoka. I love that chair. It grows with your child. You can remove the baby set when they get older. Then it can be like a toddler chair with a five-point harness. As your toddler gets older, you adjust the chair, and it can hold your child up until the time where they're a teenager. Now, the same designer who did the Trip Trap chair, he also, this Peter Opsvik, he also 
more recently has designed the Nomi High Chair, N-O-M-I. And I'm going to go ahead and link to both of these chairs in the show notes in case you want to check them out. To find those show notes, go to blwpodcast.com. This is episode three, so it's blwpodcast.com slash three. So the Nomi High Chair is similar in the sense that it has a nice aesthetic design, I would say the footprint is a little bit larger, but it's still very portable. It's, this one's nice and lightweight. You can actually balance the Nomi chair on the lip of your table and sweep underneath it, which is kind of a cool feature. This is a much newer chair. So again, you're not going to be as inclined to find it at a used price, but it comes in a variety of different colors to kind of to match your aesthetic. But most importantly, it is, as is the Trip Trap chair, a very safe high chair. And it's my sentiment and many other feeding experts that the most important component of your high chair is that it has a footrest. You need an adjustable footrest because your baby's feet at all times when feeding need to be resting flat on a solid footrest in the chair. This stabilizes your baby's core and it also promotes safe swallowing. So again, the Nomi high chair and the Trip Trap high chair by Stoka Both of these chairs, a little bit on the pricier side, you certainly can find safe, more affordable alternatives, but I love these chairs because they grow with your baby. You're not going to need to go and get a new chair every couple of years. These chairs are easy to clean. They're very durable. And of course, most importantly, they're very safe. So the second thing that you as a parent or caregiver should do before starting solid foods is to find a safe seat for your baby to eat. We don't feed our babies in uh, chairs where their feet aren't resting flat or on our laps where we can't see them if they choke. You do need to invest in finding a safe high chair. And some parents will say, oh my gosh, those chairs are so expensive. Hey, the reality is this is something you are going to use three times a day until the time your baby is an older child or even an adolescent. I would argue that many of you spent a lot of money on a stroller that you don't even use that frequently. So think of the high chair as an investment in safely feeding your baby and make sure that that high chair has an adjustable footrest that you can change over time as your baby grows. People say, okay, between the Trip Trap and the Nomi, which would you recommend? Depends on your personal preference. They both have very strong benefits to them. I like that the Trip Trap, again, you can find older versions that are used. I generally pay about 90 bucks for a used Trip Trap on Craigslist. Again, I have seven of those and use those for all of my children. I also have the Nomi's. They're pricier and newer, but I think an advantage of the Nomi high chair is that the footrest does not require tools to adjust it. So when it's time to change the the Trip Trap high chair, as my husband, he does all things with the tools. He's got to get the tools out. It's a little bit of a undertaking to change seven kids footrest, but we do it as they grow to make sure their feet are also resting flat. The Nomi on the other hand doesn't require those tools. So check those two out, the Trip Trap and the Nomi. Again, I'll link to them in the show notes, blwpodcast.com slash three. The third thing you need to do when you're starting solid foods as a parent or a caregiver, my suggestion is always to know your baby's Benadryl dose. Now here's the deal with Benadryl. You will be introducing the big eight allergenic foods. These are the eight foods that account for about 90% of food allergy. We also add sesame in there, so there's technically nine. And generally, I recommend doing about one new allergenic food per week. Now, for the good majority of you, your baby will be at low risk for food allergies. There's very unlikely to be any reaction. 
However, in the event that your baby does have a reaction, it's important to know how much Benadryl you would need to give your baby. Now, babies, children's Benadryl rather is not recommended to be given to infants under the age of two. You do need to call your pediatrician and based on your baby's weight, or you visit your pediatrician at your next well check, say, I'm starting solid foods. We're going to be introducing the allergenic foods. In the event that my baby has, let's say, a slight skin reaction to any of these new foods that we're trying, I'd like to know based on the current weight how much Benadryl I would give. Because the reality is that while some babies will have severe anaphylactic reaction, this is very rare. In an anaphylactic reaction, you would be looking for things like difficulty in breathing, hives, across the body, which are raised, red, itchy patches, sometimes accompanied by vomiting, more often than not, the reaction is not going to be a full-blown anaphylactic reaction. If there is a reaction, it might be something as small as like a rash around the mouth, which can be treated with baby Benadryl. When you call your physician or your pediatrician, all they're going to say is how much does the baby weigh and then give you the recommended Benadryl dose. So make sure you have Benadryl on hand before you start solid foods. Parents often ask, do I need to have an EpiPen? Unless your baby already has an established food allergy or is in the very small percentage of babies who are classified as being at high risk for food allergy, no, you do not need an EpiPen. They won't even give it to you in many cases without documented diagnosed food allergy. But Benadryl, an over-the-counter medication that's dosed based on your baby's weight, that is a good thing to know before you start solid foods. Number four, the fourth thing you can do before starting solid foods as a parent or caregiver is to purchase some feeding gear. Now, I said at the top, I want to help you save your money. There's a bunch of bogus stuff out there that you do not need to invest in. And I'm going to mention some of those here. Nothing by brand name, but just I want you to know the things you don't need to waste your time or your energy on because they're gimmicky and in some cases actually dangerous. So I know I just told you not to buy a lot of stuff, but there it is important that your baby has a plate or a bowl and preferably a silicone suction one in order for you to feed the foods out of. And there's a number of reasons why. So first and foremost, the brand that I recommend is a company called Easy Peasy. So if you go to easypeasyfun.com, you can see their products. They're the original silicone suction mats and bowls. They also have a line of tiny spoons and tiny cups, which are perfect for baby led weaning. All of their products are designed by a feeding expert, and they really help facilitate self-feeding. Because here's the deal. Some parents think, oh, we just put the food right on the tray and the baby can eat it from there. No, we definitely don't want to do that. That's challenging for a baby to pick foods up at six and seven months before they have their pincer grasp. They're using their palmer grasp to rake and scoop foods. They're not capable of getting the food off the tray. And then feeding becomes very frustrating. And parents are like, babies can't do this. Well, it's because they haven't been set up for success. So you do want to serve your baby's food out of a silicone suction mat or bowl. I like the easy peasy products because they are all silicone. We're trying to move away from feeding our babies out of plastic. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends avoiding additives like plastic in products that children eat out of uh, in a variety of areas, but including what they eat out of. So the food grade silicone of all of the easy peasy products is not only incredibly safe, but again, it facilitates safe feeding. So some of the Easy Peasy products that I recommend having, they actually have a product now. It's called the First Foods Set. If you don't want to spend any time figuring it out, just go to easypeasyfun.com, find the First Foods Set. It has a tiny bowl, which is a little oval bowl. It's about a five-ounce portion, and it comes paired with two of their tiny spoons and one of their tiny cups. And that's pretty much all you would need to get started. 
I also like their mini mat, which is a three compartment mat, like a plate. As your baby gets a few foods under their belt, you'll start offering a number of foods at a meal. We don't offer more than three foods at a time, though. That can be very overwhelming for the baby. So for the first few weeks, you just offer single foods. But once your baby gets past that, you can start cycling back in the familiar foods the baby's already seen with the new food that you're trying. The mini mat is nice for that. So with all of the easy peasy gear, you can get 10% off at easypeasyfun.com using the code KD10. So I recommend you get some feeding gear. Check out the first food set and the mini mat from Easy Peasy. But one other area, if you need to purchase something, I would say it would to be a quality bib for baby lead weaning and a splash mat. So you all know what a bib is, but the brand of bibs that I recommend you might not have heard of before, they're called Bapron Bibs. So the company is Bapron Baby, and they make these bibs. They're full coverage bibs to help minimize the mess because baby lead weaning is, granted, messy. However, our goal is not to prevent the mess. It's part of learning how to eat, but we can minimize the mess by using a good full coverage bib. They have really durable, uh, water-resistant fabric that you can just rinse underneath this faucet when you're done with the meal, dry it on the drying rack, which I absolutely love. And they have beautiful prints as well as a lot of just plain colored ones too if you're not a print person. The cool thing about the Bapron Baby Bibs is they tie behind the baby's collarbone, like shoulder blades, not collarbone, their shoulder blades in the back, rather than like up and around the baby's neck, which I don't know about you, but like anytime I wear like a crew neck t-shirt and it's pressing against my throat, it sometimes feels like I'm choking even when I'm not. There's the same sensation for babies when they use bibs that adjust tightly around their neck. So the Baprons, which are bib aprons for baby led weaning, they tie around the back of the baby's back, which is also nice because older babies can't get them off. And then Bapron Baby also makes these amazing splash mats made out of this same really nice material that go underneath the baby's high chair. Of course, you could use things like a reusable uh, picnic blanket, or not picnic blanket, a, a tablecloth rather, or anything underneath the high chair. You want to capture the mess in case the baby drops it on the ground. If the splash mat is clean, you can recycle it back up to the baby's mat or bowl and the baby can eat out of it. So in that way, we're helping to minimize the mess as well as minimizing the waste. And then that company, again, it's called Bapron Baby. Their website is BapronBaby.com. And if you use the code KD10, you can also get 10% off. So some gear that you don't need, okay? I don't want to mention anything by brand because I never want to bash different brands. However, I think there's a lot of companies out there that are spending a lot of time and money and marketing efforts to make you think that feeding your baby is harder than it really is. So some things you can skip. Those spoons that squirt baby food into the baby's mouth, don't waste your time, okay? I will teach you in this podcast how to preload a baby led weaning spoon. I love the tiny spoons from Easy Peasy. Offer it to your baby and teach your baby how to feed themselves. You do not need to squeeze food into your baby's mouth. So same thing goes with pouches. Totally unnecessary. Your baby can eat naturally pureed foods with a spoon and eat other soft solid foods with their hands. Another thing I skip are baby food makers. Um, I, I have two items in my kitchen that can do everything a baby food maker can do. A pot and my hands. Okay, that's literally all it does. It's either squishing up food, boiling food, and then squishing it up. A pot and a fork, boiling up food and then maybe mashing it up. Some of these really expensive baby food makers, they claim to serve the food at the perfect consistency or the appropriate temperature. They're trying to justify insane price tags. 
some of you get these for baby showers and you're like, how can I use these as like, I think, I think they're helpful for the first few days essentially. But beyond that, you don't need any sort of a baby food maker. You can just use household items to make baby food safe for your baby. Another thing I recommend skipping are fancy produce washes. There's all these products out there that make you think that the produce you're about to feed your baby is super contaminated. To be honest, even the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, along with many other feeding experts, food safety experts, will tell you that all you have to do with your fruits and vegetables is wash them under water with the friction of your hands to remove most of the potential pathogens. Okay, so you don't need any fancy produce washes. Okay, another product that I really don't like are mesh feeders. Now, mesh feeders are tremendously popular because they appear to allay parents' fears associated with choking. But what happens with a mesh feeder, and if you're not familiar with it, it's like this little mesh bag that you would put a piece of fruit, like let's say you have a clementine orange and you take an orange, seedless orange slice and you put it in there and then the baby puts this like plastic thing, which we shouldn't be feeding our babies with plastic, but they put it in their mouth with a mesh bag and they suck out the the juice from the fruit and leave the pulp in the bag. So again, I don't like these products because first and foremost, they take away your baby's ability to truly explore and experience a perfectly safe food. For example, a slice of orange. If you remove what most of the white pithy part and there's no seed in there, your baby can eat real fruit. They don't require a barrier for your baby to suck the juice out of it. Furthermore, these products can actually be dangerous because it says all over the packaging, don't give these products to a baby that already has teeth. Well, for many of you, your baby will be developing teeth shortly after starting solid foods. If a baby has a tooth and uses a mesh feeder, I personally have a family member who, unfortunately, you know, you throw the packaging out. So when you go to use the feeder, you forget that it said all over the packaging, don't use this in a baby with teeth. She actually did give the mesh feeder to a baby with teeth who put it in her mouth and started yanking and pulling the bag, the mesh bag with the fruit in it against her tooth and actually popped out her baby front tooth. And there's nothing you can do to replace. I mean, this child, it's aesthetic. It wasn't the end of the world. She didn't have a front tooth for the first five years of her life. But not only are these products unnecessary, but they can actually be dangerous as well. I will teach you how you can make fruits safe for your baby to eat. And I don't like these products because... They give the illusion that babies can't eat whole intact foods like soft fruits and vegetables or meats and starches, which they can, and which is precisely what baby led weaning helps babies do. So again, if you're scared about choking, don't buy a bogus product that's going to give you a false sense of hope. Learn how to do CPR if there was a choking incident and know how to reduce choking risk by making the foods that you serve your baby safe. If you are a gear or a gizmo person and you want to buy more, I do have a blog post all about 10 of my favorite baby led weaning kitchen tools, which I'm going to go ahead and link to in the show notes. That website is blwpodcast.com slash three. You can find a list of the products I recommend. You can also find a list in that same blog post about products I don't recommend. My last tip for you guys is lower your expectations. Number five. Do not expect that your baby is going to eat very much food the first few weeks of baby led weaning. Your baby is learning how to eat. Please don't stress about how much your baby eats. When you're offering your six or seven month old baby solid foods one to two times a day, you're giving your baby the opportunity to learn about eating food, right? They're smashing it and they're smushing it and smelling it and eventually they'll taste it and then they'll start practicing chewing it and then they'll be swallowing some of it but it takes a few weeks. So please don't think that you're doing anything wrong if your baby doesn't immediately start eating 
X, Y, or Z amount of food. That's not what this is about. Baby led weaning is about letting your baby learn how to eat. Keep in mind that formula and or breast milk will be the majority of your baby's nutrition for a while. And again, it takes some babies four, six, sometimes even eight weeks for everything to really click with baby led weaning. So tip number five for you guys, before you start solid foods, lower your expectations about how much your baby's going to eat. You're doing everything right. So there you have it. You've got your work a little bit cut out for you before you guys start solid foods. I'm going to go through the five steps one more time in case you missed them. What you should do as a parent or caregiver before starting solid foods. Number one, take a refresher infant CPR course. There are great online options. I'm linking to my favorite course that I take in my show notes, blwpodcast.com slash three. Number two is get a safe high chair. I recommend and use the Stoka trip trap as well as the Nomi high chair. Number three, know your baby's Benadryl dose. So call your doctor or visit your doctor and mention that you're starting solid foods and based on your baby's weight, your doctor will tell you how much children's Benadryl you might need to give in the event of a slight reaction to foods. Number four, get some feeding gear. I love the products from Easy Peasy as well as Bapron Baby. You can get 10% off all of those with the code KD10. And number five, give yourself some grace and lower your expectations. Your baby's not going to eat much at first. That's okay. This is a learning process. In a few weeks, it all clicks. Your baby's food intake starts increasing. Your baby's milk intake starts decreasing. They're feeding themselves. You're trying allergenic foods. You're doing trickier textures. It will all click, even though the first few weeks can feel like nothing's happening. So one final thing that you can do when you're preparing yourself to start solids with baby led weaning is to arm yourself with knowledge. And I have a free online workshop that can help you learn what to expect when you eventually do start solids with baby led weaning. So this free online workshop that I teach is called baby led weaning for beginners, how to get your baby to try 100 foods before turning one without you having to spoon feed purees or buy pouches. You can sign up for one of this week's workshop times from the link on the show notes page. That's blwpodcast.com slash three. And everyone on this free baby led weaning for beginners workshop gets a copy of my hundred first foods list. So you can start knocking out some of these foods with your baby, but only when he or she is ready and when you are ready, right? So hopefully you guys are a little more prepared now that you know the five things that you as a parent or a caregiver should do prior to starting solid foods. Bye now. Bye.